verse 35 through 43. Luke 18, 35 through 43. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't have it? It reads this way. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road doing what? Begging. Begging. And here come all the two passing by. He asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus said, he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. I want to talk tonight on this subject. Hope you understand it. Revision 2020. Revision 2020. Lord, thank you for the word we're about to receive. Speak now for your servants we hear, and we intend to receive it all and obey it all. We pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen and amen. All right, take your seats. Take your seats. All right, now we're, in, uh, we're about to enter in just less than an hour. Uh, do me a favor, switch back to the regular clock for me, please, because I, I need to know what time it is. Praise God. We're about to enter the 2020, which is the year of vision manifestation. Vision manifestation. Hallelujah. Now, it's great about that because what I was just sharing with you here uh, just on the fly was that we're entering into a now season. Now season. Some of you remember I told you how in the beginning of 2018, one morning I was praying and the Holy Spirit said to me, where the Lord came to me and said, he said, every prophetic word that we had heard before was for now. And he said, every prophetic word that you will hear hereafter will be for now. In other words, all the things that we'd heard years past that have been uh, gathering, storing up, are now ready to be released or performed in this season. And furthermore, anything that we would hear from here on out will not be for 10 years and 20 years and 40 years from now. It'll be for now. In other words, God uh, has moved into uh, an action time for the body of Christ. Are you with me on this here? And so it's, it's incumbent upon us to synchronize with God and move with God in the same flow, in the same vein, with the same uh, now expectation that he has for his people. Are you with me? All right, now, God told me back then, you know, we, we're in this, this modern day church and everybody is so um, encouraging. I don't want to say that. 
you know, preachers are very encouraging, praise and worship leaders are very encouraging, and what, what they all say, you know, it's my time. It's my time. And that's been our, our mantra, it's my time. But when God spoke that to me in 2018, he said, God said, it's my time. No, not Jonathan's time. God said, God, God said, it's my time. In other words, it's God's time. In other words, in other words uh, it's my time to move. It's my time to act. It's my time to perform. It's my time to have my way. In other words, I've let the devil and all his folk have their, have their way for a long time. Oh, Jesus. But I'm about to show out. I'm about to move the devil and all his folk right away and bring about my time, the things I have spoken, the things I have said. I'm about to bring my will to pass in the earth. Glory to God. And that, you know, can I tell you something? That, that's that's a, a reason why I really, I really believe, I really get intrigued uh, by this. I'm really just uh, excited, uh, sort, sort of allow, if you allow this, cautiously excited, but excited nonetheless about what I'm hearing about these, these people who are coming to the body of Christ. When I hear about a Kanye West, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm cautiously excited, but I'm excited. Because I'm like, Lord, what you doing? I'm like, go on, Jesus. When I hear about a, a, a Lamar Odom, who gave his life to the Lord, who was, I mean, out there, out there, as much as you could be out there, and gave up his life to the Lord. I'm saying, go on, go on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. This all right with me. See, and, I, and I'm, I'm not, I, I, gotta, I gotta resist, and you gotta resist being one of those Christians who have a religious mindset that, like, God can't save those. Yet those are the ones we've been praying for all this time. Aren't those the ones? In fact, isn't that what Paul says? Of such were some of you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, of such were some of you. You were, you, you were just like that. Truth be told, you were worse off, much worse off. So those are the ones we've been praying for. I'm hearing these stories about people in Hollywood and people in sports and people in, in all different, different, uh, the, the, the big industries who are giving their lives to the Lord. And I'm saying, come on, Jesus. And what I'm seeing is God is, is, is moving in a way that, that might be puzzling to religion, but it's been his scheme all the time. <laughs> oh, we ought to give God praise for that. Say, neighbor, God is up to something. See, it's his time. In other words, he, he's given the devil time, his imps time, to kind of do their thing, but he's like, move, now I'm going to show you something. Y'all remember in 1 Kings chapter 18 when Elijah uh, had this battle, this showdown on Mount Carmel? Anybody remember that? When there, uh, there was all these prophets of Baal and prophets of the grove who they had, they, they were worshiping Baal. The people of Israel had started worshiping Baal. 
And so Elijah said, hey, let's, we're going to have a showdown. We're going to see who's the real God. He said, how long halt ye between two opinions? He said, if God be God, serve him. But if Baal be God, serve him. So we're going to have a showdown to see who's the real deal. So, so he, he strategically let, let the Baal worshipers go first. He let them have all morning, all noonday, up to the early evening. Y'all take all the time you want. Do what you got to do. Call out to your God. Cry. Cut yourself. He start mocking them, make fun of them. Maybe your God on a trip. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's meditating. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's eating. Maybe he's using the bathroom. Call out to your God. See what your God can do. See what your God can do. And finally, when he had enough, God said, all right, it's my time. <laughs> Get out of the way, boys. And the Bible said the first thing he did was rebuilt the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And that's been the, been the problem in the church. We have altars that have been broken down. But God said, when it's my time, I'm going to find somebody who will rebuild. Oh, Jesus, I'm preaching. Who will rebuild my altars. In the church, we've broken down God's altars and we built our own altars. God is saying, but I'm finding somebody who loves me enough to rebuild my altars where I am worshipped, where I am adored, where I am praised, where praise ain't about you, praise is about me. Preaching ain't about you, it's about me. When you rebuild my altars, he said, now I'm going to send some fire. Had him, had him take the bullock, cut it up, laid it on the altar. He said, get, get, your, get your four barrels a water, dunk it on there. Soak it. Then he said, do it again. Then he said, do it again. Now that's 12 barrels full of water poured on the altar, poured all down. They, they dug a trench. He, he built the altar with 12 stones. It's the number of government. It's God's government. All throughout that experience. And then God said, all right, now it's my time. So when he called on God, God showed out. And God showed out. Boom! Undisputed champion. God said, that's what I'm about to do. I'm about to, I'm about to show out. I'm about to move in America. I'm about to move in this earth. I'm about to move in the church. I'll show you this here tonight or Sunday. He's going to move in the church because he needs some altars rebuilt for him. So God said, it's my time. It's my time. I'm ready to move here. Glory to God. Go to Daniel chapter 7 real quick. They can put it on the screen for you if you can't find it. Daniel chapter 7, verse 21, because God has an appointed time, a set time to make some things happen here. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 21 and 22. Are you there? Daniel says, now this is, this is a vision. Y'all missed that. I said, this is a vision. We're about to hit vision manifestation. This is a vision. All the visions have been that have come are for now. 21, I was watching, says Daniel, and the same horn, this is the enemy, was making war against the saints, 
That's what's been happening. And prevailing against them. That's what's been happening. Verse 22, until. Things had to turn around, little baker. Until the ancient of days came and a judgment was made in favor. I wish y'all would get excited about that. A judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came, Laquanda, for the saints to possess the kingdom. That was the vision that Daniel saw for our now time. The time has come for the saints to possess the kingdom. All right, now I got to keep going here. Now, so God has commissioned us in these last days to accomplish his will. But it's important that you and I have a heavenly vision. Write that down. A heavenly vision. Read about that. Paul talked about that. I may benefit that on Sunday about how Paul talked about I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Heavenly vision. It's important I say heavenly vision. Because you know you can have a vision and it's not, it not be a heavenly vision. You know pastors have visions that are not all heavenly vision. A lot of times what pastors call vision is really just, just copycatting somebody else. But a heavenly vision comes from God. It's direct from God. And every one of us are called to have a heavenly vision. Glory to God. In Jeremiah chapter 1, look over there real quick. Jeremiah chapter 1. Because you and I need to be able to see God's agenda and his plans on the inside of us. God has an agenda. God has plans. He said, it's my time. And those plans and that agenda must be seen on the inside of us so they can then manifest on the outside of us. You understand? God's will won't get done in the earth without you and without me. So he has to get somebody who he can show his agenda, show his plans to, who will by faith work it and now bring that manifestation into the earth. We're about to enter in 40 minutes the year of vision manifestation. You got it? Now watch Jeremiah chapter 1. Let me get there. Jeremiah chapter 1. They can get on the screen for me. Jeremiah 1 verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. Now drop down to verse uh, 9, please. Verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his. No, give me, give me verse 4. Let me give me verse 4 and 5. I want to make sure I read that. Verse 4 and 5. Verse 4 and 5. The word of the Lord came to me saying. Verse 5, please. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Come on. I ordained you. So every one of us in here, before our mom met our dad, however they met, however long they were together, might have been just a couple days or a couple hours, but all it took was that seed to get you in the earth because God had already known you and sanctified you and ordained you with an assignment. You got it? Everybody say, I have an assignment. I have been commissioned by God. Now watch. 
God tells him about his commission here in verse 5. Now go down to verse 9 and 10, please. Verse 9 and 10. Because the first thing that happens after God tells him what his commission is, he tests him. He gives him a vision screening. You join the military, they give you a vision screening. If you're going to fly airplanes, they're going to give you a vision screen. They've got to make sure you can see. When you go get a driver license, they're going to give you a vision screen to make sure you can see. Because if you're going to operate machinery, if you're going to operate something greater than yourself, you got to be able to see right. So God tests Jeremiah to see what he can see. Verse 5, verse 9. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and, and said to, to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. Verse 10, please. See, I have this day set you over the nations, over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and throw down, to build and to plant. Keep going, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? He's talking to a prophet. He doesn't ask him what he hears. He asks him, what do you see? I'm giving you a vision screening because I've given you a commission, but I got to make sure you see the way I see. I got to make sure you see what I show you. I got to make sure you don't have spiritual glaucoma. I got to make sure you don't have any kind of vision impairment. <laughs> he said, Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, Jeremiah said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now watch verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, you seen well, you passed the test. In other words, if he had said, I see an orange tree, he would have said, you fail. If you had seen a stalk of wheat, you fail. But he said, I've seen an almond tree, the branch of an almond tree. That branch of an almond tree symbolically means something that is blooming, blossoming already. It's already ready. It's already ready. It's already ready. It's already ready. So that's why God comes to him and says, he says, I, when he said, I see the branch of an almond tree, verse, verse 12, he says, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform, to what? Perform. perform my word. So your vision screening told me that you see well, and because you see well, now I can perform my word. I had to find somebody in the earth, Jeremiah, who could see. Amos chapter 3, and I believe it's verse 7, God says this, I do nothing in the earth except I reveal it first to my servants, the prophets. So God can't do anything in the earth. Oh, he's sovereign. I know he is. But he said, I do nothing in the earth. I do nothing in the earth until I can show it to somebody. Because when I can show it to that somebody, they're going to speak it out of their mouth. If you can see it, then you can say it. And once you say it, I can do it. So God's looking for folk who can see what he says and then says what they see and then let him do what they said. Did y'all catch that? He can't do it until you say it and you can't say it until you see it. And so the biggest obstacle in the body of Christ is not our mouth. Pastor Kim, working on our mouth Sunday, it's our eyes. Because there's so much spiritual blindness in the body of Christ. 
that we don't see what God is saying. We don't see what God is doing. We don't see how God is moving. We don't sense the movement of God. We're so caught up in our show. So caught up in our form and fashion. So caught up in our little clicker, counting people, counting people, counting people, counting people, counting people. And we're missing what God is saying. It's obvious everybody can't see it. Although everybody should. But when he finds somebody who can see it, and they say it, and he can do it, I am ready to perform my word. 2020, God is ready to perform his word. It's the year of vision, not revelation. We've been through revelation for the last 10 years. We're now entering vision manifestation time. Where things that have been packed away in this book, we're going to see manifested. Prophetic words that have been written across your heart. You're going to start saying manifested. Dreams and visions that you've had. You're going to start seeing them manifested. My job tonight is to, is to reignite your vision. You are here tonight for a revision. You're here to get your sight back. If you'll have it tonight. Are you with me here? Now, vision from God is essential to moving in the path God has for our lives. Okay? I want you to find Jeremiah 29, verse 11 in the NIV. I'm going to read it in the NIV here. Because God has a vision for everybody's life. I'm about to say, God has a vision for my life. Glory to God. And he gives everyone a vision. So there's no person, there's no person on this planet, I, don't just, I didn't just say in the church, no person on this planet that God doesn't have a, does not have a vision for their lives. Every person born on this planet, God has a vision for their lives. And every person on, born on this planet God begins to give them the vision. Y'all stick with me here. He begins to give us the vision. Jeremiah 29, 11 in the NIV, y'all have that? God says, for I know the plans I have for you. So God has plans for you. Plans are part, it's the makeup, it's the, it's the, the blueprint of his vision. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, what are his plans? Plans to prosper, plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Now, wait a minute. Now, let me just ask a question. Let me back up. Whose plans are these now? He said, these plans I have for you. So this is not some prosperity preacher making this up. This is what God said. These are my plans for you. He says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. So if any harm comes to you that was not God's plan... Y'all better hear me tonight. If any harm comes to you, that's not God's plan. God does not have to harm you to get your attention. I better fix some theology up in here. God does not have to harm you to get your attention. Well, God laid me on, on my back in the hospital trying to get my attention. No, he did not. No, he did not. 
That's not how God operates. I don't have any plans to harm you. If you got harmed, that was not my plan. That was Satan's plan. If I want to get your attention, I talk to you. I'll show you this in a minute here. <laughs> Glory to God. So he has plans to prosper, not to harm. Plans to give you hope and a future. So I have a future. I have a bright future. I have an awesome future. It's a prosperous future. It's God's plan. So in his plans, now listen, if, 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 if uh, I develop plans to build a house, right? I plan to build a house. Now, I've got to sit with someone, someone, we call him an architect, to sketch out, draw out those plans, right? He, he takes my, what's my thought and what's my desire and lays them out. But he doesn't take it now, take that now and leave it in a safe somewhere and then I say, somebody build me that house. No, he has to make those plans known. He has to give those plans to a general contractor who then passes those plans to subcontractors. So everybody who's in on the build has an idea. Now, that plumber doesn't need to know the electrical. And the electrician doesn't need to know the HVAC. He needs to know his part of the plan. That's all he needs to know. I don't care about what the block layer is doing. All I want to know is where I run these pipes. So when God has a plan for the earth, a plan for the body of Christ, building his kingdom, he, he brings in plumbers, electricians, carpenters, HVAC people, cement workers. He brings in people, specialists in their particular area. Don't get mad if you're not a plumber. Whatever is right, he'll pay you for your job. So he has to reveal now his plans for your life, which are part of his global plan, his master plan to build his kingdom in the earth. Got it? So he has a plan for your life, just part of his greater plan for the earth. It's his time. You got it? So what he, he does is he begins to reveal that plan to you. Are y'all with me here? <laughs> and he does this, Jasmine. He, he doesn't wait till you get saved to start revealing the plan. <laughs> he starts revealing the plan early on. He starts working the plan early on. He starts to lay some things out. He starts, <clears throat> how many of y'all dream at night? Everybody? Everybody? Some of y'all don't dream at night? Okay, just, just go with me. How many of y'all dream at night? Trust me.
365 days a year, you go to bed. You're going to dream at least one dream. Right? So every year, at least 365 dreams. Every 10 years, that's 3,650 dreams, right? So we're somewhere around 73, 75, 7,700, whatever, every 20 years. How many of y'all are at least 20 years old? At least 20. At least 30. At least 40. At least 50. At least 60. At least 70. At least 80. I see you. So, I just want you to calculate in your mind how many dreams you've had. Now, I know somebody here with your smart self said, I don't dream every night. You're so smart. But, trust me, you dream sitting at your desk at work. You know, you, you take that, you get that little one minute, you just, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> that little one minute, you had a dream, and you know it, didn't you? You're like, oh, Lord, I was at Acapulco somewhere, I didn't know what happened. <laughs> right? I remember, boy, when I, when I was, one time I had a dream at the stoplight. <laughs> Did that ever happen to anybody? Anybody ever had a dream while you was driving? Tell the truth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we all dream all the time. But the reality of it is, is, is that you don't remember all those dreams. But I guarantee you, there are some in your mind that stick out. And some of those dreams might even seem very crazy, like that was crazy. That was wild. But I don't want you to discount those dreams because God, turn over the book of Job. Job 33. Job 33, verse 14. Because God is trying to get his plans to you. And he can't wait on you to get saved before he starts revealing them. Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I sanctified you, sanctified you, ordained you as a prophet. Now, by the time Jeremiah knows this, he's, a, he's at least a teenager. That means that his whole childhood, he already been sanctified and ordained and called. He'd been a prophet his whole life and just never knew it. Y'all didn't catch what I said. He's been a prophet his whole life and just didn't know it. So as a prophet, I guarantee he was seeing things. As a prophet, I guarantee God was showing him things. He didn't realize what it was. He's just thinking that's a crazy dream. And God finally one day says, before you were born, boy, I'd already called you, ordained you, sanctified you. 
Are you catching, sir? Yeah. Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Job 33, verse 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. Huh? He may not understand it. Man does not understand it. Man does not recognize it. God may speak in one way or another, but man does not recognize it. So there are people walking around here right now. They're, they're heathens. Uh, I'm about to say from hell. They're heathens <laughs> serving their flesh, serving the enemy, Satan. Yet there's a calling on their lives. And they have uh, times where God speaks to them. And they, you know, because you, you say it yourself, man, I remember one time I was out there and something told me. You ever say that? Something told me. I, I almost went to this party one night and something told me. Or I was at a party and it was about to go off and something told me. It was not something. It was someone. You just did not perceive it. You were not acquainted with the voice of God yet. Poor, I'm preaching better, y'all. Let me. For God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. Verse 15. In a dream, in a vision of the night. Now, what is he talking about? God speaking, right? In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men. Has a deep sleep ever fallen upon you? I know it does upon me every once in a while. While slump every once in a while, deep sleep. While slumbering, you better come over here. While slumbering on their beds. Now, what are you talking about here? God speaking. What and he says in one way or in another. Then he gives two examples. In a dream, in a vision of the night. When deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds. Now, these aren't born-again people. In the Old Testament, there's nobody born again, first of all. He's talking about to men. Verse 16. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Now, I don't have time to read it. You can read it in your own Bible in your own time, but you'll see he goes on to talk about how he'll warn them to keep them from danger, to keep them from destruction. So when you say, I was about to do this and something told me, that was God speaking to you to tell you, don't go down that road. Or you were about to marry so-and-so and you had a dream. Or you're about to buy this or buy that or do this or do that and you had a dream. And you didn't know God. Yet he was working all things according to the counsel of his will to guide you and steer you away from this to get you over here because he's working his plan for your life and his plans for the whole earth. Got it? All right. So he's speaking. Glory to God. So he speaks, we saw here through visions and dreams. 
So we have to have a vision from God. Y'all still with me here? What he's doing is he's guiding us into our destinies. He's showing us the path for our lives. Now, so he, we begin, now once you're born again, you become more perceptive. Am I right about it? Once you are born again, you start to kind of chronicle or record these dreams. Am I in the right house? Or? I hope y'all do. Once you're born again, these dreams you have, you start to kind of note them out. I, I, I saw this. And you might even go to somebody and say, hey, I had a dream. And what you're looking for is some kind of interpretation. And this side, at least this side knows what I'm talking about. You're looking at somebody to help me, and, and it was the color blue, and it was a tree, and then and you, you're looking like, well, what, is, what does blue mean in the Bible? And I, I saw birds, and what does bird mean? And, you know, now some of y'all got them old wives' tales, dreaming about fish, and somebody gonna have a baby, and all that kind of stuff. I ain't talking about that. The hands start itching, the money come. I ain't talking about that kind. I'm talking about dreams from God, visions from God, where He's trying to direct your path in a certain way. Y'all got it? So what happens is he's giving vision. And then the more you listen, the more you really begin to tune in. And you understand, I have a vision from God. Can anybody here say that? I mean, truthfully, you understand, you know that you have a vision from God. I mean, where you know God has shown you something for your life. Now, if you don't have a vision from God, it's not because God hasn't been trying to show you. It's because you've not been paying attention. Because God knows the plans he has, and he knows he has to give you those plans. So God is always interested in showing you a vision or the vision for your life. Y'all with me on this here? What happens? The devil comes along with challenges trying to blow our vision. And if we leave him unchecked, it'll, he'll steal our vision. You don't want to live a life without vision, ladies and gentlemen. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, in the King James Version, it says it like this. Where there is no vision, people perish. So if you have a vision, you perish. In the New King James, it says it this way. Where there is no revelation, which is another word for vision here, people cast off restraint. Which means you, sort of, you begin to move your own way. When you don't have a vision from God, you, 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 you sort of make up things as you go along. Oh, y'all not catching it. Without a vision, you'll choose your own school. Without a vision, you'll map out your own spouse. Well, I want this person, this, this, I want them to be this kind of way. I want them to be this height, this weight. I want them to be this, this build. I want that, that, that. You think about that because you got your little, your little interest and you, you, because you have no vision from God. So you choose your own city, you, you choose your own church, you choose your own way, you choose your own career because you have no vision from God, so you start to do things your own way. You've cast off restraint. Now, you can function like that for a while, but you're going to run into some walls here and there because God's vision is going to clear a path for you. Y'all with me on this here? So you don't want to live a life without vision. Glory to God. Give me that same verse, please. Proverbs 29, 18 in the Passion Translation, please. Passion Translation. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Where, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. Give me that same verse in the message translation, please. Message Bible. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. Spiritual blindness, ladies and gentlemen, is dangerous. To lack a heavenly vision is dangerous. Scripture says, and I want you to turn over here, Matthew 15, please. Matthew 15, verse 8 through 14. Watch this. Matthew 15, verse 8 through 14. Because it's dangerous to not have a vision. And everybody's supposed to have one. It says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is what? Verse 9, please. And in vain they worship me. I'm telling you what's happening in the church. And in vain they worship me. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Making up their own doctrines. Verse 10. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Keep going, please. Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Keep going, please. Then his disciples said to him, watch this. Watch, watch the disciples. Uh, do you not know that the religious folk, they were offended when they heard this saying? <laughs> his disciples trying to Protect them, you know. Hey, man, they got offended. You can't be saying that around people. You can't be knocking down that their religion. You can't be attacking their worship. They got their songs. You can't, you can't bother past my old gentle savior. You can't, you can't bother with their people's songs. Don't bother rough side of the mountains, Jesus. That, that's their song. That's their favorite song, Jesus. <laughs> Doctrines of men. Commandments of men. They, 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 they bother by that, Jesus. You can't talk about that. Now watch. He answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted. So there are some things that God did not plant. That means they, they are deeply rooted in the church. And yet it's not of God. It's from man. There are some things that the church holds dear that God says, that ain't come from me. That's from man. And it really, if it's from man, it's from the devil. And Jesus said, everything that my father didn't plant must be uprooted. Now watch this. Verse, verse 14. Let them alone. Now he's talking to his disciples about the Pharisees. About the religious bunch about the religious leaders. He said, just leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. So it's possible to have blind leaders. Now they're leading, Zamari, but they're blind. And they're leading blind people. That means there's no vision in the pulpit, no vision in the pews, no vision nowhere. 
Oh, we got a vision. We're going to build a church. That ain't, that ain't even about that kind of vision. That ain't talking about no vision. Talking about seeing as God sees. Hearing as God speaks it. Saying what God has said and not holding on to your doctrines and your traditions. And he said, watch this. Here's the danger. Everybody say danger, danger. And if the blind leads the blind, both. That means the blind leader don't know where they're going and the blind followers don't have enough sense to turn around and go somewhere else. Oh, that, that's just my pastor. That's my pastor right there. That was my grandma. My grandma built this church. This is my pastor right here. He, not the, Now, Reverend Lehi, Lehi been coming to my grandma's house get chicken every fourth Sunday for the last 14 years. Don't talk about Reverend Lehi. Reverend Lehi, blind as a bat. And because you blind, you don't even see Reverend Lehi going to the ditch and you're going to follow right behind Reverend Lehi. Because you're loyal to a blind leader. And he said, if the blind leads the blind, if those with no vision lead those with no vision, they both fall into a ditch. They'll perish. Without a vision, they perish. Ladies and gentlemen, this is happening all over the church world. But God is restoring vision in the church. I said God is restoring vision in the church. He's removing blind leaders. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> He's about to expose all the blind leaders. Oh, yes, he is. Mark my words, what you start seeing happening in this. It, it's already begun. But it's going to begin to pick up the pace of him removing blind leaders who've been leading people down the wrong path. And he's finding and raising up those leaders, those people. In fact, there are people that are not even leaders right now. They're just, they're just pew members. They're just sitting in the church. They got saved and love God. He said, I'm going to give you a vision and raise you up. Because I can't keep allowing blind leaders to, to lead my people. Five time I bring back this vision the Lord showed me a few, a few months ago about a pastor who was let, just letting his people fall, in, fall over a ravine and die. And he just didn't even care. 